your grandmother was a fortune teller? Yeah. And she was like a pretty good one too, right? Yeah, she was real good. I and used to go there every Sunday and she'd read my tea leaves and everything. So. Oh, wow. So that's like what got you a little bit interested? I guess so, uh, but it didn't manifest itself until I got out of college. But, yeah. uh, you know, I always had an interest in anything like that. You know, she was a pretty fascinating lady. Yeah. And you went to college and you studied? Uh, I was a psych major and a math minor. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's kind of like magic I guess yeah. doing all those uh, yeah. formulas and so you got into magic after college uh, yeah when I first graduated uh, when I was in college I knew one magic trick what was it uh, it's, it's an ash trick where it would transpose in people's hands but, oh okay yeah. where you can guess the card no no, uh, no it's uh, totally different yeah. but, uh, I just used that trick to pick up girls you know, when I was in college <laughs> and it was pretty successful too uh, yeah, it was yeah. a good trick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I owe a lot to that trick. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, but after college is when you got really. When I serious. graduated from college, I taught junior high school in Stamford, Connecticut. Oh wow! And discovered that I hate kids, and uh, <laughs> I went to the library one day and got a book on magic to distract them, and from there it developed into a hobby, and uh, so I did it as a hobby for a while, and then I moved back to. Uh, Niagara Falls and um, taught school uh, actually I taught school in my old junior high school and in my uh, uh, my former junior high school my former high school and my former junior college I taught school on all, oh all of those levels and then you're teaching like math and psych I, I taught psych in junior college I taught math in junior high school and taught everything in uh, high school Wow <laughs> so yeah so the magic was just to distract the kids, sort of like long enough to teach them yeah. math. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it developed them a hobby. But it, in uh, when I was in back in Niagara Falls, uh, I found out about a, a magic bar in Buffalo, New York, and the owner of the bar was like the best light hand magician. It was in Eddie Factor. Right? Eddie Factor. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I started hanging around there every weekend, every Friday and Saturday. I'd go there and hang out and sort of internalize a lot of his style and. Uh, you know, go there every weekend and perform magic and hang around with Eddie and stuff. So it was really, you know, fortunate education for me. So he was like your apprentice and you were just learning as much as you I could. Was, yeah, I was like an apprentice to Eddie. Wow. And, uh, you know, sort of subtly, you know, because I'd go there and he would perform and he was just, to this day, I've never seen anybody that could compare to him. You know, he had yeah. all the elements of a great entertainer. Uh, he was super funny in a really great comedic timing and his sleight of hand was flawless and he was just a real lovable guy so he was you know the best and you just go hang out there and he would teach you and yeah I would for how long was that before you like sort of about five developed years a, five yeah. years wow and you developed an act there on uh, your own kind of yeah. yeah and then I um, uh, all this time I was like teaching school and stuff you know but I didn't like teaching I didn't like the bureaucracy of the education system I didn't like you know cocky kids and <laughs> stuff like that so, uh, so it's kind of like a secret too you had like a double life sort of just magician by night and still <laughs> yeah, teacher by it wasn't a secret everybody knew everybody knew <laughs> yeah. but um, I uh, a friend of mine moved to Knoxville Tennessee to manage this huge uh, uh, entertainment complex and offered me a job doing magic there and uh, at the time I'm, I'm thinking you know I'll, I'll do this until I can really figure out what I want to do when I grow up you know I um, so I moved there 
I think. But at that sorry. point, you you quit teaching and you were doing magic full time. No, no, I was. You're still te- teaching. I was teaching. Okay. Yeah, but um, my friend offered me a job doing magic, and it wasn't like a great gig or anything. It was three nights a week, thirty five dollars a night, you know, and uh, you know plus tips. But yeah. it was uh, not something like a great career move or anything. But I think, stepping back a little bit, when I was young, I had a couple near-death experiences. Really? You know, when I was about eight or nine, I almost drowned, and it was like very traumatic. Now, when I was 16, I had emergency surgery, and I was on the critical list for five days. I had last oh rites and everything. So I had a couple near-death experiences. So I think that uh, instilled in me a determination to do what I enjoy for a living. You know, I... I uh, every day is sort of an extra day yeah, after that yeah like you're very so, lucky yeah. so i'm thinking you know i don't want to like i didn't like teaching school when there's a lot of other things that people would suggest you know you do you're a psych major you could do school psychology or you could do blah 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 you know things and they all sound really boring to me and um, at one point uh i had a motorcycle shop so i thought it's great. I love motorcycles, so that that could be a great career thing because I want to do what I enjoy for a living. But having a motorcycle shop has very little to do with enjoying more motorcycles. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's bank floor plans, irate customers, idiot mechanics, yeah. you know, uh, inventory, all this crap that I didn't want to deal with as a 22-year-old. So I did that for a few years and figured that's not what I want to do. And... Uh, and so when I started doing magic in Tennessee uh, for very little money, um, I'm thinking, I'll, I, you know, I enjoy doing this. I'll do it until I can figure out what I, what I can do for a living and, uh, and what I want to do when I grow up. And then I realized I didn't have to grow up. I could keep doing this. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I kind of developed a, a reputation in Tennessee and uh, did magic all around the southeast. And then I... Uh, worked at Silver Dollar City and Pigeon Forge, which is now Dollywood. I did the magic show there uh, for five years. Oh, wow. So that was fun. I did like, you know, seven shows a day. And and I had my own little cabin up on the hill, like walking distance from the park and stuff. So that was fun. And was your act pretty similar to your act today? Or would you... The the act I did there... um, It's probably not real similar to the act I, I do now. Um, but it was perfect for the uh, for the theme park, you know. Yeah. And it was another thing where there's a lot of little kids and stuff, you know. And uh, but I was I enjoyed doing that because it was you know a fun park and stuff. So it was it was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. And so you're just touring the southeast region a lot for well, about five I years. I was touring. I was I was stationed there stationed. at the, at the uh, Silver Dollar City, and then when I uh, left there, I worked. You know, a couple of restaurants, you know, doing tableside magic in restaurants, but paid real well and I got good tips and stuff, so I, I did pretty well. Very cool. And then was it about like after that where you moved to Los Angeles? To yeah, more? I, I had seen uh, I had seen some magicians on the Tonight Show um, and I knew that I was better than them. <laughs> and so I decided to uh, to move to California specifically to get on the Tonight Show. Oh, wow. And uh, I was dating a girl, and uh, you know, so she and I moved to California, and 
um, yeah, so within a year I got to be on the talk show with Johnny Carson and stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. And so when you came to California, some of the first places to play at was, was it the Magic Castle? and? Uh, yeah, I would uh, actually come out from Tennessee once in a while just to visit, and I would work the Comedy Magic Club in the Magic Castle. And uh, like I'd work the Magic Castle for one or two weeks, and I'd work the Comedy Magic Club for a week or something. Oh, awesome. And uh, sort of like a vacation, but I'd be making money and having fun, and then um, I decided just to move out here. Yeah. Um, when I first moved out here, the first regular gig I got was uh, Merlin McFly's in Santa Monica. It was a magic-themed uh, restaurant bar, and uh, it was a pretty cool place, but they didn't capitalize on the magic aspect of it as much as they should have. Merlin's? You know, they, yeah, Merlin McFly's. They didn't capitalize on magic? No, that doesn't make have, any sense. You know, they'd have music there on weekends or something, okay. you know, but, uh, but they had magicians there, you know, close-up walk-around magicians. But, yeah. Uh, it seems like with that kind of theme, because uh, a lot of people would come in to see the magic, but they, you know, management. I don't. I don't think the management was ever very competent there. But yeah, eventually they closed down. But so comedy and magic club mostly in the Magic Castle as well. And this, yeah. what like year is this? About this is like early eighties. Uh, I moved to California in eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you got into. The Tonight Show in '87, '88 uh, actually. '88. Yeah. That's so quick. That's yeah. And who discovered you? You were discovered at the Comedy Magic Club. I was at the Comedy Magic Club, and um, uh, the talent coordinator for the Tonight Show was there on a particular night. Jim McCauley. Jim McCauley yeah. was there. Yeah. And um, Mike Lacey, the owner of the club, went up to him and said, "You know, I've got this great magician. You should see him." And Jim said, you know, Magic doesn't really play too well on, on the show. He really? said, well, you know, take a minute and watch him. Yeah. So he had me go in a small room, just myself and Jim McCauley, which is horrible showcasing. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. better if I've got a few people to entertain. But I, I just, you know, it's just he and I stole his watch and stuff. And uh, that was like on a Monday or Tuesday. He called me like the next day and put me on the show on Thursday. So it was like wow. immediate. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then I got to be on the show a few times after that, so that was pretty cool. That's so cool. I, I heard you were uh, booked five times, and you performed on it three yeah. times? Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. what was that? What was your first Tonight Show like? Was it, were you nervous? Ineffable. Yeah. Just, just amazing. You, you can't describe it. What was Johnny like? Did he come out and sort of Super nice out? guy. Yeah. Real, real shy, and he loved magic. Johnny was actually a very, very talented sleight of hand magician and nobody ever knew this because he never did it on the show all the magic he did on the show was gag goofy stuff you yeah. know but he did really great sleight of hand magic wow. you know he started out as a kid as a magician but it was kind of a stand up magician and you know standard magic and stuff but later in life he learned the really sophisticated good sleight of hand magic and uh, and he had like the best close up magicians in the world on his show and then he would work with them they would teach him stuff you know, so yep. uh, I was hanging around my apartment one day, <clears throat> and the phone rang, and I answered the phone, and it's like, Brian, he's like, yeah, uh, Johnny Carson. It's like, uh, hi, Johnny. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it was kind of shocking, because first of all, you don't think he would make his own phone calls. Right. Second of all, you know, it's not somebody, you know, pretending to be Johnny, because his voice is so distinctive. <laughs> so I knew it was him. It's like, uh yeah, and he says, well, what are you doing today? Uh, are you busy? Do you have any shows or anything? I said, no. 
So you want to come out to the house? We'll practice magic. Wow. So, yeah. So um, drove to, drove to his house in Malibu. At the time, I had a, a cell phone. You know, it was about this big, you know, like <laughs> a foot long, yeah. giant cell phone. And uh, all the way to his house, I called everybody I've ever known in my life and said, guess where I'm going? <laughs> so it was pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So you went to his house and just hung out? Just hung he out. and I, his, uh, uh, his wife was someplace, uh, the maid was off. So it was just, he and I, we just hung around the house all day practicing magic. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, and he, he, you know, showed me some stuff that was pretty amazing. It was really cool. Yeah. And I taught him a few things. Uh, I subsequently did a um, uh, Tonight Show uh, NBC uh, event where, you know, it was a huge event, you know, like a thousand people there or something. People were walking around and everything. So I was walking around doing close-up magic at the event. And um, I was working a small group and I, I did one particular trick for this girl and Johnny was close by he came over and he did the same trick for her, something i had taught him you know which was kind of like a huge compliment to yeah. me that he uh, that he remembered that and he duplicated it you know so that was pretty cool and he was really good too yeah he was real good wow he and michael landon and their wives came to see me at the magic castle one time and uh uh they walked in, a friend of mine said, you know, Johnny Carson's over there. I said, I'm no kidding. I ran over to him and said, John, you remember me, Brian Gillis? I was on the show. He says, yeah, we came to see you. I was like, how cool is that? You know? <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, and, and Michael Landon at the time was huge. Yeah. And uh, he was saying, yeah, I saw you on the show. I've been dying to come and see you in person. I'm thinking, you know, Michael Landon wants to see me. <laughs> it was kind of, kind of amazing. Um, but after, after my show... They hustled Johnny downstairs with uh, uh, with the magicians because they didn't want him, you know, milling around with the public because people didn't bug him and stuff. Yeah. So he went downstairs with the magicians and he was just jamming with them and he was doing magic and stuff and just fooling the hell out of them. You know, <laughs> so people are amazed. It's like, uh, you know, they didn't know that his he, secret talent. Yeah. He was this talented. He was a great drummer too. Like he had a lot of talents oh, yeah. that nobody even knew about. Right. Like yeah. Amazing jazz drummer. Yeah, I know. And yeah, just an incredible guy. Right. And I saw a lot of your clips that you did on The Tonight Show on YouTube, and there's one with uh, Jay Leno and Buddy Hackett. Mm -hmm. And I saw that moment, uh, and you mentioned it too on a, the podcast with The Amazing Jonathan, how Buddy Hackett was sort of going on a tangent, and he was oh, trying right. to make a joke, and Johnny just did yeah. one of these arm movements. Right, he just kind of did a little wave with his hand, real, real subtle. Yeah. In fact, it was on my promo video, and I, ne I never noticed it until my friend Whit Hayden uh, was watching it with me one time. He said, did you see what Johnny did? I said, no. He says, uh, you know, Buddy started, you know, talking. And uh, before the show started, all the people, the staff of the show came up to me and said, you be very careful because Buddy likes to upstage everybody, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, be aware of this. And then uh, before the show, Johnny, um, uh, said to me, he says, you know, don't worry about Buddy, I talked to him. It's like, okay, you know, so I wasn't really that concerned. Right. And then uh, uh, when I uh, when I did the, you know, the whole thing, you know, Buddy was actually a pretty good audience, but at one point he started going off, saying, oh, you know, you're a great magician, can you make that girl from Boston appear and all this, yeah. you know. <laughs> when he started doing that, uh, Johnny just did a little flick of his wrist 
You can barely see it. Yeah. And as soon as Johnny did that, Buddy like immediately came back to attention, started watching my magic. And uh, so that was, that was pretty amazing. That's amazing. Johnny, yeah, Johnny like had it. such control. <laughs> and uh, so that was pretty funny. And I did the thing with Buddy, Buddy where I was throwing things over his head and everybody in the audience could see it except him. And I think he went home that night not even knowing what happened. Nobody told him. No. <laughs> he had to go home and watch it <laughs> yeah. on TV. Yeah. That's such a great uh, performance. And you have yeah. the giant lug nut, too. Yeah. You just throw yeah. it over his head. And and yeah. Somebody <laughs> called like, it. what are you doing with yeah. this little voice? I know. He's such a funny character. <laughs> um, what Did you have any that stood out the most? Any of the particular shows out of the three that you did? Or was the first one the one that... The first one was the best. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it was just, a, you know... A, were you nervous, or were you just ready to go? I wasn't nervous because I knew I was going to do a, uh, an act that I've done a million times. Yeah, you know, so I knew my magic was was not going to mess up in any way. You know. Yeah. And um, so uh, it was amazing because I w- wasn't really nervous. And uh, you think about it, millions of people are watching, but uh, on the show it's just a you know a, a studio audience, so it's not that big a, an audience. So it wasn't like I didn't feel like I was standing in front of millions of people doing yeah. this act. So I wasn't nervous. It was just uh, everything went real smoothly, and it was it was great. And, you know, it was such a, a great experience because it was life-changing, you know. Um, after I was on the show, my marketability became, uh, you know, 20-fold. Uh, you know, the day before the show... Uh, I could book gigs for a certain amount of money. The day after the show, I could charge a lot more. You know, yeah. it wasn't any better, but I was, you know, much better known. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so one time on the Tonight Show was true. Yeah. You just go on it once, and yeah. after that, you, the phone starts ringing, and yeah, that's amazing. And then I put my promo video together with you know Johnny introducing me in a bunch of different outfits and stuff. So <laughs> you know, looks like I've been on for you know twenty times. Yeah. But, uh, and after that, it must have been fun. You you know you weren't nervous just going in, and you're already Johnny's friend. You're his yeah. favorite magician, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I'd been on the show, and I you know was pretty close to Johnny, and so it was, it was pretty cool. Did you hang out with him more than one time, or was it just that one time you went to Malibu? Well, just that one time in Malibu. Yeah. We spent the whole day together. That's incredible. And uh, and then when he came to see me at the castle and stuff, so very cool. And I mean, you said. Um, Jim McCauley said that magic doesn't do well on the show. So but then he he saw what I did. After you kind of set it off convinced. for other magicians, yeah, to go on the Tonight Show. Is yeah. that correct? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You'd had some other guys on there. You had Dean Dill on there. He he loved Dean, and he had uh, Paul Paul Gertner, and so he had some you know really good magicians on there. But he 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 loved and respected good close up sleight of hand magic. Yeah. And he didn't really like. Um, uh, stage magic like sawing a lady in half and all that stuff, yeah. which I don't like it either. You know, I see the box, you know what's going to happen. Somebody dances around for a half hour, and then, you know, they saw the lady in half, they put her back together. You know, that's essentially that's my perception of it. So, you know, I'm, I get bored with uh, illusions. So that's interesting. So, I mean, when you started out, I heard you were in an illusion show back in Niagara Falls um, at like an art museum. Yeah, I was at an art museum uh, doing an illusion show, and I was in white face, like a mime. Oh, yeah. And we did uh, Crystal Casket and uh, 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 
substitution trunk, you know, metamorphosis. And uh, I mean, that's a great experience. Zigzag. Yeah. But is that when you sort of decided that sleight of hand was the magic that you were more yeah, interested I, in? Yeah, I was doing sleight of hand before I did that show. Right. But it was that show was one of those things where they just picked some people and, and showed them how to do the magic and they do it. You know, it was like a, one of those plug-in shows. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is testimony to how difficult delusions are. You know, you get some kid off the street and, you know. <laughs> he can do it just as well. say ta-da and, uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yeah. But, um. But it was it was kind of fun. Uh, actually, met uh, Joan Rivers there. She was visiting that oh, wow. uh, that thing, she, and it was a long time ago. Yeah. So it was pretty. That's pretty funny. So I guess that was around. Uh, Did you guys hang 75. out? Seventy-five. No, okay. no, just got to meet her. But you know, subsequently throughout my career, I've met you a know, bunch of hundreds people, yeah. of great celebrities and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just have a list right here. If I can. Mentioned sure, all sure. of them. This Harrison Ford, Muhammad Ali, Tom Hanks, Stevie Wonder, Jeff Bridges, Billy Crystal, Barbara Streisand, Johnny Depp, and the late great Robin Williams. And my favorite is uh, Paul McCartney. I think that's the Paul McCartney. most amazing. Yeah. You know, you get to do magic for a Beatle. How often I know. do you get to do that? I did um, entertain at his rap party for his North American tour. So it was like maybe 100, 150 people there. Wow. I was doing Super walk magic. Yeah. So I did some magic for Paul. And I'd do a trick where I'd uh, have somebody think of a name of a dog they had as a child. And uh, then I'd produce a little stuffed dog and in the collar of the dog it has that name. So it's pretty amazing. So I did that for him. And uh, as soon as I did that trick, I said, you know, can I get a picture with you? He said, sure. So I got a uh, picture with him. Then I got my partner, Sisabon, uh, got a picture with her. And right after that, all the security guys came over. So oh, you can't take pictures. I said, Paul said I could. <laughs> and they said, okay. But after that, we couldn't yeah. know, pull out a camera or anything, you know. So it was like pretty so fortuitous cool, that I got a yeah. you know, good shot with Paul. And you do sleight of hand, so you're up close and oh yeah, you're just hanging out with him. And right, yeah, that's so cool. And was he like a good guest to do magic? <laughs> yeah. He was a little cocky, actually. Really? Yeah, but he was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His childhood dog's name was Prince. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. I was wondering, I was like, is it Martha, Jet? Because he's written so many songs about his dogs. I was like, which yeah. dog is it? Yeah. It was Prince, yeah. That's so cool. And, uh, I mean, Johnny Depp is another one who I saw on your Facebook multiple times. Have yeah. you done magic for him? Yeah, we did uh, magic for Johnny at the Magic Castle. Then he hired me to do his, uh, was his wife's birthday. Uh, no, I think we did his wife's birthday party at the castle. Then he had done his birthday party somebody's birthday party at his house in uh, in Hollywood and uh, so that was cool he was just a real nice guy real down to earth you know I did some magic for him and all his family and everything are there and he said you know why don't you stay around and have some dinner and I'm thinking ah, it's so nice to ask you know but I'm just a magician I, yeah. you know I, I think I would have just felt awkward hanging around because a lot of times when you hang around with a group that you've just performed for you have to answer a million questions, you know. How'd you do that trick? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, that didn't bother me. It was just really nice of him to... And you stayed ask. and you had dinner? No, with I him. didn't stay. No, oh. I, I said, no, it's okay. I'm, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, he was a real nice guy. That's so We're, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I love Stevie Wonder. He's you know, one of my favorites, but how do you perform magic yeah, for Stevie uh, Wonder? A lot of people ask me about that because I've got, you know, Stevie on my uh, website and everything. <laughs> and people say, yeah, well, yeah, I did magic for Stevie Wonder. Big deal, you know. <laughs> But uh, what was cool is he was at the Magic Castle, and uh, uh, before the show, I 
worked out like a little code with them. And uh, when I did my show, I would have somebody select a card and nobody knows what the card is. And, uh, and then I would hold up individual cards for Stevie and he would point to the correct card, you know, the selected card. Mm -hmm. And people went crazy, you know, because we'd do this multiple times and, and Stevie would always get the, the right card. Yeah. And after he'd get it, he'd be like, whoop, whoop. He'd be like just <laughs> driving the audience crazy. It was like one of the most exciting shows because yeah. people were screaming and yelling because, you know, Stevie was, you know, really, uh, really uh, putting on a show. Yeah. And uh, so it was great. You know, well, that's it, was awesome. like, it was a great showcase for him and for me. You know, and it's like, you know, how the hell did this happen? You know? <laughs> so it's pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Who is some of your favorite ones? I mean, do you have any more stories of? Um, any presidents? No, I haven't done any presidents. Um, the I think the nicest guy uh, is Henry Winkler. Oh yeah. I've done multiple private things for him, and and I uh, worked with him for a, a movie that he did. Uh, Click, and okay. Where he does a couple magic tricks in, yeah. the, in the movie. I, I taught him those those tricks, but oh really? Yeah, that's but so I would, cool. I would go to his house and show. I, I showed him a bunch of different things. He does I, the coin where he takes a bite out yeah, of the coin, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, which is super easy. <laughs> he, uh, I'd go to his house and I'd show him something, and the moment I'd show it to him, you know, it, he wouldn't practice it or anything and I'd show him and then I'd say this is how you do it and he's oh great and he'd run in the other room and get like one of you know the uh, people that are working in the house or you know his wife or something yeah. to get one and he'd do the trick for him it's like no you have to practice first <laughs> but he was just so excited he loved it so much like a little kid just yeah, about to show something like a little kid I know <laughs> but uh, yeah he's he's the nicest guy he's and, nice. and uh, uh, Johnny Depp was a super nice guy yeah but uh most of that, just about all the celebrities that I perform for, you know, are really nice. Um, I, I worked an event one time, Roseanne Barr was there, I did some magic for her and she wasn't very polite, but it might have been a thing where, you know, people were bugging her or something because there yeah. were a lot, of, a lot of people around. And uh, Wanda Sykes at the Comedy Magic Club, one time I started doing some magic for her and she was a little... Not into it. Yeah, yeah, a little cocky or something, but uh, but all the all the celebrities I perform for Muhammad Ali, I've done you know magic for him a bunch because he he one of his hobbies was magic. Oh wow, I know. And he he uh, you know he loved it. He used to do a lot of a lot of magic stuff. I uh, that must was, be an amazing person to do magic for. Oh, uh, he is such a nice guy. Yeah, such a sweetheart. I. Uh, I was at an event one time, and he was actually doing some magic for some people. And uh, he asked me if I had a certain prop uh, that he uh, likes to use when he performs. And I did, and I loaned it to him, you know, and he did this whole little show and everything. And then afterwards, he was going to give it back to me. I said, no, keep it. And he was like, like that. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. a really super nice guy. That's incredible, yeah. yeah. And so you mostly performed, like, in California and do you, do you go to Vegas often? Uh, I've, I've done private events, like corporate events and stuff in Vegas. Uh, the only public shows I've done there is opening for my friend Amazing Jonathan. Oh, yeah. So uh, How is he always, doing, by the way? Is he getting he, better? Or? I, I, 
last time I talked to him was a couple of days ago, and I asked him how he was feeling. He sounds like he's feeling pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's got this doom and gloom uh, thing from his doctor and stuff, but it sounds like he's feeling okay. You know, it kind of goes up, and sometimes I talk to him and he's feeling horrible, but... But he's a great guy. Yeah. He's like best friend. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm praying for that guy because I remember funniest. watching him on TV when I was he a kid. Is, and he's the funniest guy in the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's also a really great magician too, right? He's, he's a good magician. Yeah. You know, he loves magic. But uh, his uh, high school uh, performance, I guess, at the... You know, graduation or something. He oh, did. I heard that where all his tricks went wrong. He did seven tricks. Every one went horribly wrong, <laughs> and uh, and nobody, you know, nobody came backstage or anything. It's like, what are you going to say? You know, it's a, you know, sorry about that shitty show. But he, uh, uh, I think that's what made him decide to do magic where it screws up. You know, which is great. He's making a lot more money than if he had tried to be a regular magician. Right. You know, he's a great, great comedian. He's super, super funny. So funny. Yeah. That, I mean, the dove where he just destroys <laughs> it still kills me to this day. I actually have, I've been collecting these recently. I wanted to show you. I've been sending these away in the mail. And I got a Matt King. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you know. Great. And I got this early one. Is that Johnny Thompson? Uh, no, it's... Amazing Jonathan. Oh, wow. It's really Jeez, early Jeez, that didn't look anything like him. Yeah, and on the back it's from, where is it from? The comedy? Comedy After Dark. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how old this one is. Wow. But and then I got a Penn and Teller one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Penn and Teller or Matt King, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've known Matt for years. Very cool. Um, Penn and Teller, we met them um, maybe 10 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they were pretty fascinated because my partner Sisabon does a, you know, a thing called uh, Georgia Magnet, which is uh, uh, an effect that we resurrected from the 1880s that uh, was pretty famous back then. How, and, how does that uh, one work? It's a thing where we get guys up from the audience, we get the biggest guys we can find, yep. and they lift her. And she's 115 pounds, they lift her real easy. And the second time she concentrates and they can't move her. And we get two guys, one on either side, and they lift her real easy. And then they, she concentrates and they can't move her. But we've got a lot of by play and everything, a lot of funny lines and yeah. stuff, you know. So it's a real entertaining bit of business, and it's uh, and it's uh, amazing. You That's know? an so, amazing effect. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we had a manuscript written by the lady that made it famous, and studied that. And uh, every once in a while, somebody would be able to lift her. So then she incorporated some martial arts to supplement what we learned from this manuscript. And, uh, and you know, because back in the 1880s, they didn't have steroids, you know, so now the guys are so much stronger than they would have been back then. Right. And so she had to supplement it with, you know, some other techniques and stuff. So it's a really, really cool thing. That's and, so cool. Uh, so Penn and Teller, they were pretty fascinated by that. Yeah. And, I mean... You said you have the manuscript. Do you collect a lot of, like, old magic stuff? Or uh, Everybody. Every magician does. Yeah? yeah but What's, like, some of the coolest stuff that you have? Oh. Your favorite? Oh, I don't know. I've got just some of the classic writing and magic and stuff. But, yeah. I've got, you know, when I was in Connecticut, before I, uh, before I knew any magic, I went to the library one day and got a book out of, out of the library, and it was like, how to entertain how to entertain small children with magic you can do which sounds like a really goofy thing but it had some really good stuff in yeah. it yeah 
and I never brought it back to the library. I still have the library book. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I owe five million dollars in, uh, in fines. Uh, Anything about like the amazing Alexander or like Houdini or do you have any of their stuff? Um, no, this key belonged to Houdini. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. A magician friend of mine gave that to me. He uh, got it at a collector's convention. That's so, so cool. I think it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. But, uh, I yeah, taught it. poster of Alexander. What'd you say? Oh, poster of Alexander? Alexander? Yeah. The man who knows. Yeah. You have a poster of him? Yeah. Very cool. So that key is Houdini's, and you made an amazing necklace out of it. It's just right there at all yeah, times. Yeah, That's kind of... That's so cool. cool Nobody would cool know thing. unless they asked. Oh, I know. This is Houdini's <laughs> key. You know, I, I, I'm supposed to have paperwork on this someplace. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know where the paperwork is. So yeah. It's probably worth 50 cents <laughs> rather than $2,000. Right, yeah. But, uh, but it's still good energy to... Yeah, that's so it. cool. Yeah. And... Um, so yeah, you've just. Um, do you perform regularly still, like at the Magic Castle? Or? Well, uh, Magic Castle, nobody performs regularly. It's it's uh, the most famous magic venue in the world. So they change the lineup every week. So they have at least a dozen different magicians coming in every Monday, and uh, so the magicians that are in the area that are uh, considered to be, you know, the top guys, they work. You know, maybe three, four weeks out of the year, but magicians from all over the world are flying in on their own dime just yeah. to say that they performed at the Magic Castle. Right. Yeah. Because I know you do a lot of private events for like celebrities or corporate yeah. events. Right. Is there any place that people can see you soon? Or because um, you're—I mean, I saw you at the Comedy Magic Club one time, yeah. and you did this amazing trick where you handed out. You know, you showed everybody a deck of cards, mm-hmm. and you flip through it really quick, yeah. and they're supposed to just pick a, n- a card in their mind. Think of one. Yeah. yeah, and you do it to ten people about in the uh-huh. front row. Yeah, and you ask them all to stand up, uh-huh. and they all stand up, and you mm-hmm. just point like rapid fire. You know, right. eight of clubs, king of hearts, and right. you just—they all sit down. They're just amazed, <laughs> and yeah. everybody gets blown away when you, they see that. And it's incredible because you're only on stage for five minutes. Right. On those shows, and right. it's such a quick turnaround. Right. And it's such a huge act, like a effect to just do that and yeah. people get you know blown away everybody's just through the next comic that comes on stage everybody's still thinking like how did that guy do that yeah, right. <laughs> amazing trick yeah. that's kind of a signature thing that i do did you create any of your own uh the um well, the sweet and low is yours right? yeah the sweet and low is mine yeah that one's an amazing one yeah. too borrow a bill and it vanishes and ends up inside a sealed sweet and low packet wow yeah. um the uh the you did that on you, the tonight show too yeah, right yeah, yeah. The one you just mentioned, um, that's a variation of something that uh, somebody else came up with, but I've expanded on it to make it, you know, uh, I think a lot better. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the dog trick where somebody thinks of a name of a dog that they had as a child, nobody could know it, and then I immediately produced a little stuffed dog, and it's got the, you know, the name. The name the tag on it, yeah. yeah. That one's that's another, yours. Signa- another yeah. signature piece, yeah. I love those tricks. Those are so great. And I heard that story of when you were opening for the Amazing Jonathan, and he changed the oh, yeah, dog yeah. tag on yeah, you right. to prank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would. Uh, he would always. He would have all these different magicians open for him, mm-hmm. and uh, he was such a great guy. He had you know like, uh, uh, you know, magicians that were like Billy McComb was in his eighties, you know, oh, yeah. and, and he was, but he was still pretty entertaining, funny guy. 
Jonathan would have them open for him in Vegas, <laughs> you know. And uh, Jonathan's show is, in essence, uh, you know, really funny and somewhat raunchy, you know. So to have a real sophisticated, you know, uh, British uh, magician as an opener was kind of funny. Yeah. But, but Billy is just a funny guy anyway, so he it fit in perfectly. Did he prank Billy too? Yeah, he pranked everybody. <laughs> so everybody, like the last night that they're uh, opening for him, like the Sunday night, mm. he would prank them. Like uh, 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 Rich Block uh, is a real, you know, sophisticated you know uh cool you know classy act and uh at the end of his show he produces all these flags and stuff and they're you know giant flags and from, from behind him this big giant banner falls down with an american flag and so it's a really uh great ending to the show yeah sort of, you know and uh for his ending uh at the end, the banner that comes down says "child molester," and then he, and he, has, he has like a, a little girl voice over the sound system going, "That's the man, Daddy. That's the man that touched me." Oh my gosh! Yeah. You could never know what he's gonna do. Oh, you know. have no idea. And for years, the dog tag. Mine, you know, it's like uh, there's footage of it too. Oh, what's it? Yeah, it was on his oh, uh, was it? burn yeah. unit. Yeah, so right. it was really funny. So, yeah, so yeah, uh, I get somebody on stage, and they're thinking of a dog they had as a child, mm-hmm. and I produced a dog and embroidered in the collar of the dog is the name that they're thinking of, and it's a mind blower. Yeah. So uh, I open up the box and I look at the dog that's sitting in there, and it says "cunt," <laughs> and I'm like, you know, so I'm thinking, how do you I come do? out of that? What do I do with this? <laughs> I think I said something like. You know, normally this would say fluffy, but this is the amazing Jonathan show, so I, then I show it to him, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> That's such a great one. Yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, I feel like you would know, like, oh, it's my last show, I'm going to get pranked tonight. But yeah. you'd have no idea oh, where it's going to come from. <laughs> yeah. with it. He's such a great guy. Yeah. Um, are there any other magicians that you're, like, really good friends with? Oh, a lot, yeah. Like lot. Lance Burton? Or, yeah. I, I know Lance, yeah. you know, but he's not like a best friend, but he's a super nice guy. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, he's from Tennessee too, right? Or Kentucky? Yeah, he used to do the uh, a theme park show, kind of like what I used to do. At the same up, time? He was up in Kentucky. No, he did it before I started. Uh, when Lance finished his gig at that park, uh, Whit Hayden took over that. Okay. Gig, and uh, and Wit and I are real good friends, and we actually kind of changed acts because Wit always did you know stand up show and I always did close up magic, and um, and he ended up he was in Tennessee and I was in Tennessee, so I taught him close up magic and he taught me his stand up routines which were great. Yeah. And uh, up until then I had been working restaurants doing close up and he had been working theme parks doing stand up. Then he moved to California and started working restaurants in California doing my close-up magic. And I started working at the theme park doing a stand-up show, doing uh, his uh, stand-up routine. Swaps. Yes, like. we changed acts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty funny. And yeah, you are like very hilarious on stage too. So that's where you got sort of your comedic chops from like yeah. around that time. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. And like, I mean, how do you, do you worry about the magic first, obviously? And then you sort of. How do you develop like those in-between jokes? Is that just off the cuff, or? Well, the thing is, I 
I probably have one of the smallest repertoires in Magic because I don't do that many effects, but the ones I do, I've done thousands and thousands of times, so I don't have to worry about them. I know exactly what the timing is, exactly when I'm going to do this and that, where mm -hmm. people are watching. You know, so I've, I've got that already mastered, so I don't have to worry about anything else, and I, uh, uh, so I can concentrate on other, uh, you know, performance things like you know right. the, the comedy and uh, when I do walk around close-up magic I remember everybody's name you know so I can you know concentrate on that which elevates it to another level makes it more personal and stuff yeah that's amazing yeah and I mean I've, I've seen some of your stuff that you did at the magic castle and that you even like you do this bit where you take the guy's watch at the oh, end yeah. and he has no idea for right. like 15 minutes he has no clue his watch is missing <laughs> right. and at the end you you know you pull it out of a bag or you show yeah. it to him and right. I mean that's that's mind blowing that yeah. you just do that and I mean I talked to Ben Simon real like for mm -hmm. a second he's like yeah a lot of magicians actually start out as like pickpockets and stuff like mm -hmm. that where he's like they're just so quick and yeah. nobody even catches them yeah. what's well, funny because I have a lot of magician friends that um, w won't won't try to steal a watch or anything because that because at one point they've tried to do it and they got caught so it just scares the hell out of them to try it again because you're performing you know you don't want to screw up right um but i was fortunate i was uh, it was over 40 years ago i was uh reading it in a book how to steal somebody's watch you know while performing magic and so i don't know if this is going to work yeah so, so i went to a local bar uh just hanging around and I saw some people I knew and I did a couple magic tricks and I stole this girl's watch and I sat there waiting for her to say something I was like I can't believe she doesn't know that I took her watch <laughs> so I've, you know I was successful the first yeah. time I tried it so then that gave me the balls to do it you know subsequently and I've over the last 40 years I've been I've learned how to steal every kind of watch you know that's so what many, i was gonna say so many different ty types of clasps and everything right you know? yeah because i mean your normal magic blows me away but that one in particular i was just like what i had to like go play the video back and i was like how on earth did he do that because i mean i try on watches that i want to buy and i can't figure out how to open them yeah so how yeah. does i just study different clasps and yeah. like how does that even come about yeah that's incredible yeah every once in a while i'll run across one because you know they get pretty sophisticated once in a while, I run across one that I can't get. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, what is going on here? Do you just leave it alone and go I, to another I, person? I, I try it for a little bit, and if I can't get it, then I'll continue the show. Yeah. But nobody knows that I've tried to get that watch. But later on, I'll uh, isolate that person and say, you know, can I see your watch? Mm -hmm. And I'll figure out how it works. So next time I see a watch like that, I'll be able to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. They're just like, why does this guy want to see my watch? Yeah, this magician after his show. <laughs> right, <I know. laughs> That's so yeah. cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, I had a great time. Me. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very yeah. much, sir. Thank you. Yeah.